0: On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I have a very special guest, another mystery guest whose name I will not say, but let's just say that he has a 40-1 to or something like that ticket on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he also had lots and lots of Lamar Jackson futures going into last season to win the MVP. So he shares some more futures with you and also some outlook on the NFL – We spend a lot of time talking about Tom Brady and the Patriots, probably too much time. And I apologize in advance for those of you guys that make it through this or the seven of you that make it through this. And then we finish off by actually giving you some week one picks. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the
1: process. Bet, bet. Bet, bet, bet the process, welcome to the podcast, bet the process, it's not the typical cookie cutter nonsense, if you came just for pics you're in the wrong place, find a town with the narrative to make a strong case, instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings, crunching all the numbers in a simulated system, that break down the data analytically driven, media coverage of sports gambling is...
0: Pathetic. Welcome to the first NFL season, in season in episode, season. in season of the Bet the Process podcast, Ooh. starring Jeff Ma and Rufus Peabody.
1: Which, Give me my $1,000. Um, oh, shit. Well,
0: it hasn't started Tomorrow,
1: yet. Tomorrow. I expect a Venmo. Maybe. I mean, and I didn't say on what schedule. I, I was
0: thinking that I was actually doing one of those uh, Tom Coughlin, if you're not early, you're late. So technically, since they're not early, they're late. <laughs> it's a pretty good one, isn't it? That that is uh, no, I, I I've I've actually conceded this bet. I would have conceded this bet. I would have let. I would have bought out for ninety cents on a dollar. Um, I think a month ago, a month and a half. I mean, basically, once it became clear that baseball was willing to just battle through this, I was like, "There's no chance football is not going to start on time. They're going to just battle through this." Also, like, it just you know, it's like clear that sports teams fundamentally believe that they have ways to deal with this. Um, And the infecting infection and like spreading infection isn't a big deal to them because they only report infection within their teams or their orgs. They're not actually saying who they infect outside of their teams or their orgs, which is probably the bigger issue of teams playing. No. Yeah. Oh, Ed Teach is going to join us now are we yeah we, we have we have a guest we have uh, a real live guest a real live guest a real live guest and a real live guest. we should have him join us this is one of I rufus's join. old business partners i don't know oldest if, uh, business
1: partners is I that his real it, name that i just saw ed teach oh no you're, you see his actual name we have him here <laughs> Do it people okay. not
0: know your real name? Am I not allowed to say it? This is just like that time that we had that advantage player whose name we weren't allowed to say and I said it like six times by accident.
2: It's kind of like that, yeah.
0: Okay, Ed. is Is your real name not known? Because it's an interesting name.
2: Um, you know, I've done a few articles where it, where it was out there, but uh, for the most part, you know, I keep it kind of quiet.
0: I mean, if you have the name of a utility infielder that played (laughs) baseball, like, you definitely want that out there. Jeff Rebele? Yeah. Yeah, so many people are going to be guessing what it is. They're going to be like, I I almost said Omar Vizquel, but he's so much better than a utility infielder. I mean, at the end of his career, he was kind of a utility infielder. Let's try to think of the archetype that's like the player that played for your name. Okay, let's (laughs) not do that. That sounds like a terrible idea. (laughs) Uh, all right, so first off, Rufus suggested having you on. And I said, okay, he sounds interesting. I follow him on Twitter. Who, um, who is he? And so I guess my question to you, uh, Mr. Utility Infielder, is who are you? Well, um,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of things, I guess you could say. <laughs> You're a very big
0: Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan.
2: This year I am, yeah. This year I definitely am. And can you
0: tell us? Can you tell us why that is?
2: Um, I kind of had a feeling that Brady was going to sign with the Buccaneers. Um, I actually bet on it, uh, pretty large odds, and uh, yeah, made some bets on the Buccaneers to win the uh, division and the NFC and the uh, Super Bowl before uh, he announced that he was going there. I mean, I had it called out pretty much a month before it happened, so. Uh, was able to get down some pretty large bets at some really good odds. So uh, I'm definitely a, a
1: big Buccaneers fan this year. So, why, can I ask, like, what? I mean, personally, what made you think I, I, that Brady thought, was going to sign there? Yeah, I mean,
2: I, you know, his bu- really just everything about it, you know, the fact that he put his house for sale in New England before the season started last year was like step number one in, in my process because you know, if you're going to sell a $10 million mansion or however however expensive it was, you know, that kind of real estate takes a while to move. So um, if you were planning an exit, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to sell your house. Um, So I, you know, I really thought that uh, because he was listing his house for sale that he might be on the move. Uh, And then back in January of that year, there was a big article that came out about some internal strife, in the organization between Belichick, Brady, and Kraft, and uh, you know, usually where there's a lot of times where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. And, that uh, was the Seth
0: Wickersham article that yeah. got a lot of publicity. And, and, and then they still, but they still of, ended there's up a lot
1: of smoke where Jeff is.
0: But that was actually no, M5. but you remember though that was actually two years ago. It was mm-hmm. before they won the Super Bowl against the, that last Super Bowl against the Rams, which is a was a very. As a Patriots fan myself, it was a very unexpected um, Super Bowl. So Rufus and I have talked about this a bunch on the podcast. Do you think that he? You you think he will be? um, He'll be a very good player for them from a from a winning and losing standpoint.
2: I think he's going to do great. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind. The thing about Brady is, I I think he cares a lot about what people think about him. He cares about his legacy. I know these are all narratives. Yeah, exactly. And you can't really prove a narrative. But I don't think that Brady would play in it if he was diminished in any way um, because I think he cares enough about what people think. Maybe um, he just, maybe he just go go doesn't. Out like somebody like Joe Nameth or something like that.
1: Maybe he just really doesn't uh, want to be so, alone yeah, with mean,
0: Giselle. I... <laughs> Well, I the I mean, I get all these narratives and like as a Patriots fan who who's you know, loved Brady during his career, I've also just seen how immobile he is and generally like how pre like inside pressure just really I mean, he if if this is like the typical Arians offense where he's dropping back and they're trying to get him to throw deep, I don't know. I mean, I I I don't I don't see a world where he is as great as everyone thinks he is. I know that they have these tremendous weapons and Arians is, has, has a history of being a guy that can get a lot out of quarterbacks in their latter years, i.e. Carson Palmer. But I guess I, it's just, it's just interesting to, to think about um, what, how good he's going to actually be. Um, and, and, and we'll see. I mean, do you think like from a, uh, you think, you think for sure he'll be a top 10 quarterback by most measures?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I, top and I think five. how about a top five? It's I would bet on. I mean, yeah, I would bet
0: on that. But he doesn't need to be a top
1: five quarterback for the for the Bucks to be a good team.
0: Yeah, but Ed uh, Ed needs him to be a they, not a, a good team. He want needs them to be a Super Bowl team. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, like no, a Super I, Bowl winner. I think winner.
2: they'll be fine. I think they'll play to his strengths. Uh, I think everybody's smart enough. You know, it, it's been a few. Well, there's still some really stupid organizations in the NFL, but for the most part, the smarter ones know to play to your player's strengths, uh especially the important players. And uh I think that Bruce Arians is a pretty smart guy. And uh I think uh I'm sure that they had some conversations when they were discussing signing during free agency. Uh and from what I heard, Brady actually kind of pitched himself to the Buccaneers. It was uh not, you know, you would think that the Buccaneers would be begging him to come there and it was kind of from the other way around from what, from what I read. So, um, so yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. And all the uh, reports coming out of training camp have been, you know, really excellent. Supposedly his arm strength is up there. Um, you know, I don't think he had any weapons last year in new England at all. So, uh, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. I think they're going to be fine. So speak, So
1: I guess segueing to new England, do you, what do you think about the Patriots this year? And do you think, um, are you bo- are you bear- then bearish on them with Cam Newton? Do you think yeah, Tom funny. Brady was like propping up that organization for a while?
2: I yeah I do. It's funny I, I got a, I probably I bet under ten and a half wins uh, super early uh, on the premise of Brady's going to be leaving or there's a, the potential of Brady leaving. So I got you know a couple dimes uh, on under ten and a half, which I think I don't know what the market's at now. I think it's at like nine, but uh, so you know I think. I think Cam's got something to prove this year. I think Cam, if he can stay healthy, he can still be a a productive quarterback. Um, You know, they lost half their defense, but Belichick is known as a defensive mastermind, and Belichick has been known to, you know, take role players from other teams and even special teams players and turn them into superstars, you know, because he can put them in a position to succeed. So, you know, I I think the, the nine win... You know, regular season total is probably pretty accurate. Um, I think the market's got it pretty right. What do you think, Rivers? Uh
1: I, you know, I actually just ran some new Sims today. Um, I have them at 8.4, which actually is still the, the they have the plurality of percentages to win that division. Um, yeah. 34. My, my number point was in My
2: number was in the percent. sevens, but I think that, you know, I don't think it really accounts for those, you know, qualitative things like, you know, oh, you've got the greatest coach of all time coaching it. So,
1: yeah, it, it's I, I certainly am not accounting for that. It's so hard to to account for coaching. I mean, aside from the fact that you know, coaching, like a lot of it is measured in how well the players play, right? Like the schemes you're running. I mean, obviously, like Andy Reid, Jeff, Jeff's here, like just like like. No, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's so Rufus. fascinating to yeah. me that
0: you know we have very we have zero evidence of brady without belichick but we have a fair amount of evidence of belichick without brady and that evidence is very good well meaning you have a whole season of matt castle as a quarterback where they basically had no idea he was going to be the quarterback matt castle did nothing after he left new england and he put up a 10 and 6 season
1: oh wait i thought you were going to talk about the browns and belichick with the browns N- in failing well, but in the fact the that his first early in season in his, was early in his career like his you first season better. with the Patriots was nothing to write home about his job like he was on the hot seat going into that season with and then Bledsoe gets injured Brady steps in and the rest is history I mean th- this is just going to be the fascinating most fascinating year ever because
0: honestly like as great as Brady has been and we've talked about this and maybe all of us New England fans are just bitter at this whole situation but i'm not like i'm 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 excited to have a quarterback that actually can move and can actually make something and like i'm tired of watching brady like as soon as he gets Mm -hmm. pressure throw the ball away at someone's feet so i'm excited for entering into the modern nfl and having a quarterback that's athletic that can move personally that sounds like we'll
1: see it sounds like both of you guys are very happy about your respective situations I'm a fan I mean, of a team without a mascot. So I'm kind of like,
2: <laughs> you know, as a long, as a long suffering Dolphins fan, it's, it's, you know, it kind of rubs me the wrong way to hear somebody complain about, you know, having the greatest quarterback of all time on their team for 20 years. I mean,
0: you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining about it, but my, my point, the the bigger thing that everyone's doing is shitting on Belichick as if he wasn't like a very big piece of this. And you, I mean, you just said like, you think that the Patriots are just going to go down because Brady propped up this organization. To me, that's insane, given the fact that, of course, Brady was a huge piece of it, but he didn't prop up the organization and make it better. Like, like it's like, you know, you're just, you just think at this point now, it's going to go back to mediocrity because he's gone.
2: Who are you talking to, me or – I'm asking you. Okay. You're the one that uh, said
0: that, it's, that he propped him up.
2: Well, I do think that he, he propped him up in, in in a number of different ways. I mean, he was an excellent quarterback for one, but he also took a, a lot of salary relief. Uh, you know, he He reworked their his contract so many times to enable them to sign other players and, and and get under the salary cap and bring in you know other other superstars. so you know they they got a a, a you know great quarterback at a discount for the longest time uh, so yeah. I do think that there's there's going to be some growing pains. And, and you know, nobody's really talking about – everybody's talking about Cam. You know, I think Cam's going to be fine. I think the real problem is is going to be on the, the defensive side of the ball if there is going to be a problem. So, I mean, they lost like six starters, and it was, or, or, it was really interesting to hear when all those guys were opting out with the COVID, uh, you know, a month ago. They had twice as many players as any other team. It was really interesting because everybody was kind of joking, oh, well, you know, Belichick's gotta be up to something. Uh but I, I for the life of me, I can't figure out what he would be up to, what the strategy would be behind that. So
1: Tanking for I mean, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. But he's the Camden not, move doesn't yeah. I mean it's it's
0: they're not I mean it'll it'll be interesting. So you, you're you guys' numbers say that they are they are what should be two to one to win the win the East, is that right?
1: Thereabouts. Um. What do you have, Mr. Rebele? I just love the name Jeff Rebele. Great name. And that guy's mustache. Do you remember him? Ed, do you remember him at all? Who's that? Uh, He was a utility infielder for the late 90s Baltimore Orioles.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't have any
1: idea of something like that. All
0: right, well, let, let's, let's move on from this. So also last year, one of the things that you were known for is betting on Lamar Jackson to win the MVP, correct? What, yeah. what, was, the, what was the analysis that got you there and, and what was the bet that you made and, and you know, what, how, how, did we, how did we land on that?
1: And why, and, and why but, didn't, well, sorry, you go.
0: So I bet a lot of props uh,
2: during the season, and uh, so was this
0: like a Vegas Dave kind of thing, where you bet like 18 guys on the board, and you're just showing us the ticket that won.
2: No, well, I mean, I did have other bets. I had probably five or six other guys that I bet on that obviously didn't win.
0: But
1: I'm going to vouch for Ed and say that he last I, I'm July. I'm messing with you guys. I'm messing. That was a well. Joke. No, I just want to say last July he was telling me about Lamar. Like he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really heavy on Lamar. Like, and, and." you know, I know you went, you got him at like 70 to one, you got him, you got him like, I mean, I, I you'll say this in a second. I don't want to stay with thunder, but, but I was an idiot and i I was like, Oh, great. But I, I didn't actually piggyback or get any of it myself. So, so I feel like, you know, I'm a little left out here, but go ahead, Ed.
2: Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm not a normal, normally I'm not a DFS player, but I was kind of dabbling a little bit towards the end of uh, Lamar's rookie season. And I, I kept on coming up with using him and some lineups, uh, because he was so valuable as a runner. And that season he was only throwing the ball like 20, 25 times a game. And, uh, you know, I I thought to myself, if there's any way that he could improve his passing game to go with the running game, that, uh, you know, he could potentially do that, um, become a a lot more valuable player. And, uh, you know, the Ravens were lined at, I think the win total was like eight and a half last year. Um, which meant that they had a, a good shot at, you know, being a successful team and going to the playoffs. Um, and, you know, a lot of times uh, quarterbacks will grow, uh, have exponential growth from year one to year two, um, and, you know, year two to year three as well. And then it kind of flattens out after that. Uh, so I just felt like, um, I mean, A, really it was all about the odds. I mean, you're getting a, a quarterback for a good team um, with the potential to have all this offensive upside, Um you know, at a hundred to one odds or, or whatever. At first, at first I saw 66 to one. That was the first bet that I made was 66 to one. And I was, I couldn't believe it. Cause I, and I priced them at like 15, 20 to one, something like that. And uh, you know, just ballpark, you can't really put a, a concrete number on, you know, MVP. You're just really just kind of ballparking it. And uh, so I was ecstatic to bet 66 to one. And then the next day I walked into the Borgata and they had 80 to one. And uh, so I bet that, And then I came back the next day and they hadn't moved it. So I bet it again. And then a month later I went out to Vegas and uh, I found like 300 to one odds. And uh, so I bet them all three there. It was, it was like, I really didn't want to bet anymore. I wasn't like super confident, but I was like, well, shit, if I bet 66 and 80, I've got to bet a hundred. So, you know, I'm happy I did. Can we,
0: can we go back to that? Cause I think that's an interesting question, right? Which is, How do you price something like that? Do you look at sort of historical prices and it's all relative to what historical prices are? or
2: Um, How do you price something like that? I mean, there's there's a few key components to it. I mean, you're not going to have an MVP playing for a five-win team. That just doesn't happen. And for the most part, it's going to be a quarterback. I think Adrian Peterson is the only one to win it. And it took a 2,000-yard season for him to win it. Um, and they made the playoffs. And you've got to have some team success. So, I mean, those are, that's kind of your recipe. And I think, I think everybody's kind of re- Normally, I wouldn't be saying this. But I, you know, I think everybody's kind of figured that out. You know, The big one this year that I was expecting to play would be like Kyler, Kyler Murray. Um, and I was you know, really hoping I could get like a 70 or 80 to 1 on him. But you know, he's like 30 to 1 or something, 25 to 1. Um, So I think after the books took a hit hit on Lamar, I think they kind of said, you know, maybe we need to adjust these. In fact, I think the Westgate was quoted as saying, we're never going to offer another quarterback at greater than 101 odds. I don't care how how bad the team is. I'm just, they're just not going to do it. So, but I think that they still did it anyways, but.
0: That's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, so it totally makes sense right now. Now, if we break down your analysis, it totally makes sense. It's like, you have this guy that's, up and coming and certainly um you know if he has more of an opportunity could put up better numbers and he's going to be the starting quarterback of a team that's likely to be pretty good so therefore at worst his odds should be x and if its odds are greater than x then it's you should fire on it and what you found is that they were greater than x and then you went somewhere else and they were six x greater than x or whatever right and so it's it's just a no-brainer so are there, any, are there any interesting props this year that you're already down on that you would, you would like to tell our listeners about in, in the Christmas spirit?
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess since the season starts tomorrow, I, I, I can't be such a Grinch. Um, so let's see. Uh, MVP, I've got a really interesting choice for MVP this year. It's probably pretty controversial, but last year it was pretty controversial too. So um, – you know, I, I, like, I like the Chargers this year, and uh, I, I don't think that Tyrod is nearly the player that Lamar is, uh, but I think that the, the team success could carry him to win the award. So I bet, um, I bet like 150 to 1 on Tyrod. Tyrod, yeah. he's on my fantasy squad. You know, he's, a, he's really unheralded. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of credit, but, uh, you know, I, I have the Chargers being a really good team
1: this year wait can i uh, jeff if you want to say uh, say something about tyrod go ahead but but i wanted to get into the sort of chargers thing because i have the but, chargers i mean okay let's let's you, first you go with tyrod on, first
0: on, no just quickly on tyrod i think i think the analytics people the the notion that his um uh, he doesn't uh throw the ball away and take sacks kind of that's like the the knock on him but certainly he you know did a lot of good things in buffalo and seemed to kind of still get shit on about it. So I'm with you. He's underrated for sure. Um, and, you know, within the same analysis that you put together, like the one thing is, there's a lot less variance with him than there is with Lamar Jackson at that point. Right. And, and so that, that's, that would be my only critique of that bet, but like, I'm not the one that made 66 and 300, like, uh, and so I'm in no place to critique anyone who's betting MVP futures certainly not someone by the name of Jeff Rebele. So uh, Rufus, sorry, move on to the chargers.
1: So wait, I want to, so I I think we disagree here in the chargers a little bit, like just looking at my numbers, I have them as a little less than a seven win team. Um, And you have them, how many wins?
2: I don't even want to say.
1: Is it over, is it double digits?
2: It's double digits. Yeah.
1: So you think that, what do you have as the difference between rivers and Tyrod?
2: Well, my process is a lot different than yours. I think that you like to say, okay, this quarterback is worth X amount of points per game or or, or whatever. Um, You know, I think that a lot of the the Chargers' failures last year was due to luck. Um, A lot of it was due to interceptions and uh, other things that are unlucky. I think that if you look at you know
0: last isn't, year isn't having well, anthony lynn as your coach unlucky i mean yeah that's true as well
1: <laughs> but they, they were still do two, have that don't they they yes. were two and nine in one score games last year and actually three and two in more than one score games no
0: i mean they I the first that. the first whatever weeks of the season they could have been undefeated and they were whatever a, a lose a losing team at that point you know it's it's crazy
2: yeah so i mean they they were lined at nine and a half wins you know shaded over last year um, and they were, I, I think, the year before, which would have been what the two thousand eighteen season. They tied for the best record in the AFC. They were a tiebreaker from the number one seed that season.
1: Am I am I correct on that? Is this the year they lost to, or, or no? This is the year they lost the, to the, they lost to the Pats yeah. yeah,
0: they got blown out by the Patriots in what was like a very odd game. I remember that. I, I had a bunch of money on it. Remember. That was actually in the in the action documentary. That was the game that Vegas Dave was sweating, and it was, like, really fun to watch him sweat that and get his ass handed to him. <laughs>
2: yeah, so, I mean, uh, they're, they're really not that much different of a team than they were last year when they were lined at nine-and-a-half wins and nobody had a problem with them. They pretty much just switched out the quarterbacks, and – you know, I, I think that Tyrod at this point in his career is uh, a better quarterback than Rivers. I think that they probably had some kind of a handshake deal with him when they signed him. Like, hey, we're going to let Rivers play out his final year and then we're going to let him walk. And, you know, you're going to get your chance. So um, and everything that you heard from the coaching staff in the off season was, you know, overwhelmingly positive about Tyrod. You know, they they said. I was really bummed when they when they drafted uh Herbert. I thought that was the stupidest thing they could have done because they had two first round picks this year, and uh, you know there's like I'm really big on windows right like an organization is in their window to where they could possibly win a championship and to me the, the Chargers organization is right smack dab in the middle of their window that they could possibly win uh, and they go out and they draft a developmental prospect at quarterback with a you know, single-digit draft pick, uh, to me it was just not a, a very smart thing to do at all. Um, and no, no, no knock on Herbert. I don't really know anything about him. But, you know, they don't have any plans to play him this year at all. Um, they're letting him sit on the bench the entire year. So, I mean, what a waste of a, of a number one draft pick in a year that you can be competitive. So...
1: I agree with that. It doesn't really, it doesn't really make a ton of sense in terms of from an organizational standpoint and, and trying to um, balance the long-term and short-term. Right. I mean, cause you, you sign Herbert or, or you draft Herbert, excuse me. And then you go sign like who do they, um, who do they get to plug? I mean, they signed a few veterans to plug some holes. It was like clearly like win now signings. Um, I forget. They got like Trey Turner on the line. Right. Remember Jeff, a Turner, one of the Turners yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: so, so, Rufus, let me ask you this going back to my question. So, last year they were lined at nine and a half wins, shaded over. Uh, shaded over pretty significant. I think it was like nine and a half minus 150. So, nothing's really changed other than switching out the quarterbacks. And you say that they should basically go from a 10 win team to a seven win team? going from Rivers to
1: Tyrod? Um, well, nothing, I mean, you say nothing has changed, but I mean, you have a year more of play. I mean, you have, you know, they, they did not, yes, they were unlucky in one score games for sure, but they also, I think you would agree, um, in their actual play, did not play like an nine and a half win team either. Or do you think they did? No. I mean, they, they not, were ravaged not. by injuries, but that seems to be what the, it happens to the chargers every year. And, and I know I talked with you about this back in May, I actually looked into whether that injury stuff tended to be like, I mean, whether, whether teams that had a lot of, I guess, football outsiders uses the adjusted games lost or whatever metric for, for injury, you know, games lost. Um, and basically, I found, like, I, I was like, well, this should be able to supplement, like it actually help improve my numbers, knowing that a team, played poorly last year, but lost a ton of games due to injury, they should be better. And I didn't really find like over the last, what, 10 years, any real relationship there. And in fact, there were, um, evidence, in, I think, I don't remember if his offense or defense were like more injury, like, like injuries. There is predictive value to injuries in within an organization, I guess, which was surprising to me. Like, I mean, and it's already happened
2: to them. You know, they've already lost
1: Derwin James. Yeah, he's uh, their most valuable player. Wouldn't you? Would you? Would you agree? On defense, yeah, he's yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I think the analysis is sound, right? It's a priors argument, which is essentially the priors going into last season were were pretty high for them. How could they change this much? And, you know, we, we've, we've said it a number of times The NFL season is unfortunately a small sample size in itself. So it's, it's sort of an interesting analysis. Um, what, what other, are there any other interesting sort of futures or things that, that, uh, that are, are eager listeners should pay attention to? I, I like that chargers one because I like your analysis better than Rufus's.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> any analysis is better than mine. Any analysis uh, is better than that's what my model says. Okay. Got exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, let's
2: see. Who else do I like? Um, who, who was that? You like the I like? lions. Uh, you I know, I, I like the lions. I, I, I like the lions, you know, in, in a vacuum, but do I really think that they have a, a shot to compete for a championship? Probably not. But I mean, I, I bet 50 to one on the NFC. Uh, I got a good number. Um, you Know, I think that division is. I think Minnesota is going to implode. I think Green Bay is going to take a big step back. You know, I think you know, yeah, I think Chicago's eight and eight. I think Minnesota could have a disaster season. Uh, I think Detroit could win nine or ten games. Uh, you know, I bet 65 to one for them to be the number one seed. I think, and uh, what else did I bet? You know, I bet 10 to one. Ten to one for them to win the division, which I got a really good number on that. I couldn't believe it. I got that like a month ago.
1: Ten to one's fantastic.
2: Yeah, and that, that's been that's been gone since like June. So I was pretty, pretty happy to get a ten to one. But I
0: like that analysis because I do think that again that that Green Bay really overperformed last year and we were mm-hmm. all just kind of waiting for them to just shit the bed. And um, Lions are now what four, four to one in mm-hmm. two way markets. So I think ten to one is a good. Yeah,
2: price. you know the, the the lions are were really an interesting team last year because you know I was I bet them over last year as well, That obviously didn't win. Uh, but you know they started I think two two and one and they could have easily been five and zero. I mean they took Kansas City to the to the wire at home. They lost because they had that fumble that was returned like ninety nine yards for a touchdown. I mean that was pretty much the deciding factor in the game. You know they tied Arizona. Um, They had a game on Monday night, I think against Green Bay, where I remember the referees, I don't remember exactly what the situation was, but I remember being so pissed off at the referees in that game. Like, I'm usually, I keep my cool, but I felt like the referees literally handed the game to Green Bay in that game. And, uh, you know, and then after that, Stafford got hurt, and they were playing uh, Jeff Driscoll and David Blau. Or, or however you pronounce his name, did I say that right?
1: I still haven't figured out how to say his name. <laughs> Bluff, I mean, it could Bluff, we could go a lot of ways Blow, with it, right? It's B L O U G H.
2: Yeah. So and they were competitive Bluff. with
0: him,
1: like they
2: for a, for a guy who was like a practice squad player, they were still fairly competitive. So, you know, they go got to make it happen this year.
0: Yeah, I mean that it's interesting. On Chris, the two the two teams that we talked about on Chris are are juiced way to the over. So on the Lions are over seven minus one fifty eight. The Chargers over are seven over,
1: minus one fifty eight now. Oh, I'm sorry. high. Chargers are
0: over seven and a half minus one thirty eight. Really? So, oh, I thought
2: you said the Lions.
0: No, the Chargers are over seven half minus one thirty eight, and the Lions are over seven minus one fifty
2: eight. Hmm. Yeah, I got over six
1: early. That's,
0: yeah. So, you professional solid. bettors just talking about numbers that we can no longer get, telling us how good they were, the prices you got.
1: Oh, yeah, well, I got over five and a half. Just don't ask me to prove it.
2: <laughs> yeah. You still have to win, though, right?
1: Yeah, I how didn't about, actually
2: get five and
0: a half. Um, How about your Dolphins? If you know, I'm, dolphins- right, I'm
2: right in line with the market on there, on them. I think that, you know, it's a six – Five-to-seven win team, you know. Not really too much to get excited about this year. I don't really have much to say about them.
1: <laughs> and the other, I mean, I know you mentioned you, that you think Minnesota could collapse. You know, obviously they had a salary cap crunch. They lost their secondary. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they lost, uh, they lost some in the offensive line and, and Stefan Diggs. But, I mean, they saw that coming right? I mean, they knew this was going to be like sort of a transitional year. I, I feel like this isn't one of these, I, I know you sort of, you, I, th- I think you think their window's closing. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't believe they, they the ownership re-signed them, the GM and the coach to to new deals after they failed. You know, there was like two years in a row where they had either like two or three first round picks. I don't know if you guys remember that, But like four or five years ago, they had, I mean, they had the tools to build just kind of like the Browns had the tools to build recently. Uh, But the Vikings have had, uh, you know, a lot of tools to build around and they just haven't been able to put it together. Um, And, uh, you know, I think they were, you know, when I looked at what they did last year, you know, three of their wins came against backup quarterbacks. Um, I forget who they were. But I mean, it was like Case Keenum,
1: Blau, Bluff, Blau, probably
2: whatever, and and somebody else that was a nobody, and uh, you know they were how many how many games did they win last year? Ten? Were they? I, don't know, I, I
1: think they won the same number as the Packers, despite having a much better um, no Green I mean, went 13 thirteen or, or sorry no no they won fewer but they but but they played better than the Packers in terms of Pythag wins.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do we, are they seeding these days, um, the NFL playoffs, based on wins or based on real wins? <laughs> I think it's a weighted average. It should be. Okay. Um, I have a question for you guys based on the analysis that we have done that has led us to this point. Last year, going into last year, priors would have led us to believe that the Rams were an up-and-coming, you know, dominant team, a team that we thought could be dominant for – For years they took a a big step back last year this year they're lined at over at over eight and a half is even so under eight and a half is minus 119 is their value on the rams with that same analysis
2: i didn't have an opinion either way on that I, i think rufus likes them over a little bit but um you know i can see it happening but i'm not betting on it
0: and i'm guessing the trouble there is just that their division is very strong Yes, yeah. Part of it, yeah.
1: I mean, I have them at nine, but again, like, I think that's because normally you have a team that's, you know, had been pretty good the last few years, sort of. They actually were a very good team last year. Their their record didn't necessarily reflect it. They played better than their record. Um, But the one thing, I mean, this is not, this isn't the player level model. This is just the Massey Peabody, and that's like, you know, the, the Rams are just this, like, the least deep team in NFL they I don't agree with their organizational philosophy in any way like they're like yeah let's just sign a few guys to these massive deals and they just did that again with Jalen Ramsey like mm-hmm. you you think that like if you want, if you talk about a GM that should get fired it should be less need I mean it's he didn't learn from the girly mistake and obviously cornerback is a, a position that's much more premium and that you actually would want to pay for but I mean the whole issue with that team is going to be like, well, what happens when like Aaron Donald isn't Aaron Donald anymore? Um, You know, and they, they literally are built around like five guys and then the rest of them are like scrubs. So this is, these are things that unfortunately Massey Peabody is not capturing, but common sense does. So for that reason, I'm not that high on them. So we're out on, we're out on the Rams
0: then. Um, Any other teams that we can like, kind of talk about for, how about the browns right there's another one that was high expectations going into last year really disappointed they're aligned at over they're lined at eight and a half pretty much even um eight and a half.
2: that was really yeah. fun last year betting against the browns that was you
0: know <laughs> the, the thing is like i feel like the bucks are this year's browns but but maybe i'm wrong i mean i i you guys are
1: much smarter than me so maybe i'm wrong yeah who is wait Ed, who who is this year's Browns? Who's the team that is overhyped that people Buffalo. think are gonna turn a corner is gonna turn a corner? Okay. So But
0: then wouldn't yeah. wouldn't the Patriots then wouldn't there be some value on them then in the in the division? I,
1: I'll but, just let The, the Patriots, values more, on the want Jets.
2: To, you wanna come out and say who, who we like for the division? Because I know we have the same opinion.
1: I like the Jets, man. Adam Gase, coach of the year, just kidding yep. about that. Well, how Ed, did how you, about did some you Sam Darnold? On, what yeah, about okay. some Sam Darnold futures? You, get, you get all over MVPs? those. You know, you know, you can't get mononucleosis twice, so he's safe.
2: True. You know, I, I, um, I did not bet Darnold to win MVP. I did bet the Jets at like twelve to one and ten to one to win the division. Um. You know, I they could. My thought process is they could win the division with nine wins. You know, it's not. They're not a dominant team, but they're, they're going to be in a division that's very mediocre um, where you can stack a couple of wins. Uh, a couple of fortunate wins could, you know, stack you up to ten wins and, and all of a sudden you're a division champ. So, um, you know, to me, it, they kind of sneakily won seven games last year. You know, they were awful. They were starting uh, – who was it? Trevor Simeon Luke, Luke and then – Falk. David, yeah, whatever Luke his name is. He, he was awful. I mean, when you look <laughs> on at his the- off days
0: from being a whatever, a, a <laughs> basketball agent, he plays quarterback for the Jets. No, um, you're right. The, their quarterback situation
1: was bad. And, and they're, still when,
0: a, they're still 11 to 1 in the two way market on Chris.
1: For what? For division? To win the East. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good battle. So you guys are saying you think that's value. Oh, yeah. I think so. I think with their, um, I have him as 27% to win the East, which is like, I'm not saying that's the, you know, like I wouldn't make a market Seth at that Byrne, number. Seth
0: Burn is going to give you shit about that. He's going to tell you you should bet your
1: entire bankroll on that. This is true with the um, amount of, you know. Hey, anyways. I, I acknowledge that my numbers are not the holy gospel of our Lord.
2: <laughs> I, I think that's a pretty reasonable number. That.
1: That's Dude, crazy. Hey. I mean, eleven to 1 seems like stealing. There you go. There, there, there's. Look, you know. Never say that we don't give you listeners something, yeah. all seven of you. But I think that – I mean, I think with their defense, they'll stay in a lot of games, you know. They've, they, ha- they don't have a lot of big names. I mean, obviously losing Jamal Adams isn't, isn't good, but uh, – He's a safety you could get a break I mean, not
2: yet. really all that valuable, so.
1: I mean, Derwin James is was valuable, wasn't he?
2: I mean, yeah, but, I mean, they're not quarterbacks.
1: So. Well, this is true, but so so. If you had to rank the positions in terms of value, where does safety fall? Like, is that like you know, it's obviously more than running back, more than a wide receiver. Yes,
2: I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I've never really thought about it that way.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, any other interesting? narratives that we can talk through here of rate overrated and I mean we've we've milked the Patriots narrative dry um, what about the Giants they're an interesting one from a fantasy perspective because Daniel Jones had some incredibly explosive games last season and because they have this incredible group of offensive weapons and because you know they have a new coordinator etc 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 there's a lot of people that think that they're an interesting sort of underrated team from a fantasy perspective. Um, what do you guys think about from a real world perspective?
2: I think uh, I, believe it or not, I actually have them at like 7.9 wins or something like that for, for this year. Um, so I, I think that they're going to be competitive. I think that Dallas is head and shoulders above everybody in that division. So uh, you know, they could make the playoffs. In fact, I think I bet them to make the playoffs, um, but I didn't bet them to win the, the division or anything like that or the conference or, you know, any, anything, anything other than over on their season win total and uh, to make the playoffs.
0: So you would take over six minus 118, which is what it is on Chris.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that.
1: Uh, I'm, basically, I'm in line with the market. I have them at six wins, exactly 10% chance for the division. Interesting. But I, you know, this is the time of year when like every team is talking about the glowing reports from camp, and you know this—it's all the positivity. Uh, cue the narrative, right? But or control the narrative. Sorry, I said cue. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I, I have heard that, that Joe Judge is—you uh, know—has has been pretty impressive, and and that people are buying into that. So that's—I uh, mean you know, something, or, I guess. Uh, Ed, do you,
0: do you bet college at all? No, not at all. Okay, well let, Ed, let's move well, on then just to week one and see if there is any value in week one for our listeners. Um, I know our bearded friend um, sent us some, sent a bunch of bets out to the, his friends that follow him. Some of the games that he liked, I know, were he liked the Patriots um, minus the six slash six and a half in that game. Um, he liked the Browns um, plus eight at the time, and, and and some of these numbers have gotten hammered since he actually bet them. Um, are there any things that stick out at you guys from in week one? <clears throat> I mean, I, I wonder, like, like,
2: what's that? I kind of like the Jaguars plus eight.
0: Is that in the, the that. lens of the just bet on the shitty teams that are, that like you know,
2: well, full disclosure, I don't really bet games just straight up like this, uh, unless I'm getting a, like a really good off market number. So I'm really not the one to ask, but just from looking at my preseason, you know, season wins stuff, I'm, I'm pretty low on Indianapolis compared to the market and I'm higher on Jacksonville. So, you know, eight, getting eight points at home, I think is, uh, you know, I I know that Jacksonville has been bleeding talent this off season, but you know, they're still professional football teams. So,
1: and they have continuity. I mean, they have the same quarterback and same coach, same coaching staff. I believe, I don't know if maybe they've had coordinator changes, but whereas you have, you have old uh, shot putter rivers um, with the new team. And so, I mean, I, I make the line four and a half. I think there's great value in the Jaguars too. Yeah.
2: I was going to say gun to my head. You know, if you told me to make a, a number on it, I'd say four and a half. So.
1: And that's not giving the Jag- that's giving the Jaguars like less than a point of home field advantage, which I actually think it should be a little bit more. I think, I don't know what you think, Ed, but I mean, I think home field advantage with, I mean, the travel, like um, the, the COVID related travel stuff, I think that's going to make co- home field advantage kind of like pretty normal.
2: I have no idea what to think on that, but I think that there will be some home field advantage. It's just a matter of how much. Um,
0: Rufus, are, are you using this continuity concept? Um, are you quantifying it, or are you just using it as sort of a qualitative metric a- after you run your numbers?
1: No, I'm using it as a qualitative thing. I mean, overall, I, I quantify, like, the, like, you know, if a team has a new coach, they're likely to have a bit of a dip the first year, especially early in the season. Um, but and so that's one reason I'm not that high on the Cowboys, most likely. Um, but I'm mostly just using this sort of as a uh, as a way to well, it's sort of a tiebreaker and something to sort of massage into it. I mean, and- what
0: about this? What about the the Chargers, our darling team? They're a three point favorite over the Bengals, who are going to be starting what a a rookie um, on you know, obviously proven at LSU, but not proven at the NFL. Rufus, I know that you hate rookie starting quarterbacks. Where, what do you make that line?
1: You know, I, I'm also, I, I'm low on the Chargers this year, though. So uh, I, I make the line oh, only, true. I make it Chargers minus one and a half. Got it. But uh, I'll tell you the one I like is, I like the Rams. I, I don't know if it's still three, but you can get three on the Rams as a home dog against the Cowboys. The Rams have, I mean, I don't know. Has anybody looked, is there a hard knocks effect? I mean, do, do teams that have, I mean, are you, I feel like that can't help having all these camera crews around. But um, but aside from that, I mean, the Rams have the same um, head coach, same quarterback, same receivers. They do have a new defensive coordinator. And I think losing Wade Phillips, you know, He's he's a legend, um, so that that won't help. But I mean, Cowboys are bringing a whole new staff. Um, well, although they keep their offensive coordinator, not. they keep their yeah. offensive coordinator. Sorry, um, Kellen Moore. But I mean, you have a whole, I mean, you have a whole new head coach and his analytics department that he's supposedly bringing because he now believes in analytics. I, I I'm know.
2: excited to see what the Cowboys do this year. I I bet them. Ten to one for the NFC and twenty to one for the Super Bowl, and uh, you know my numbers had them close to eleven wins. And uh, I'm excited because I never really thought much of McCarthy as a coach, and from from everything you heard from him, you know he basically locked himself in a barn somewhere and watched tape and tried to learn how to become a better coach. Which, you know, you got to hand it to the guy, he he recognized where his flaws were and he's trying to fix them.
1: Either that, or he got the media to come and cover the fact that he was doing this, so that he could get hired again. I think he admitted. Well, apparently, this, he was impressive enough to.
2: Apparently, he was impressive enough to sell it to Jerry Jones.
1: I mean, I mean, Jason Garrett was impressive enough to get ten. Seasons it, I like honestly, these words the are so hard for me to hear. <laughs> it's like how do we?
0: How can we get behind? I don't know. Like it's it's I it, like the idea that Mike McCarthy found himself in his one year off right and is now a wholly different coach i mean i think it'll be interesting to see there's like don't believe people can change i (laughs) not really not 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 someone that's you know that i i think like i think like the belichick one year or a couple years at cleveland i think like adam gaze i could believe that he's a much better coach than he showed in chicago i believe like josh mcdaniel it could probably be a pretty good head coach gays that that? was
1: like the only time wait you mean Gase in miami or
0: sorry he was a quarterback coach in chicago and then went to miami and everyone thought he 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 like
1: transformed jay cutler right and and that was peyton manning he coordinated peyton manning which basically means peyton manning said go sit down i'll call the plays
0: well, are you are you shitting on Adam Gase cuz I thought yes. that you were saying that you thought he was going to be a good coach with the Jets.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm shitting on Adam Gase. So you don't think he's a good coach.
0: No, who does? I mean, there was a world where people
1: thought he was like the next shit when he was going to Miami, like he was a very highly thought of It's cuz people the people overreact to outcomes. They say, "Oh, this guy was the coordinator of this offense that did well. Like this guy must be a great co- like a great coach
0: I don't think that's totally true I, th- I think when people talk about like I, th- I think there are you know you can't you can't completely poo-poo the idea that there is there is an understanding of who's a good coach and who's not based on you know maybe the narratives are are overblown and there's plenty of cases that that I would say you're right about but I, I guess, like when we go back to the Mike McCarthy thing, there, there's more belief I, I would believe that Adam Gaze has a better chance to become a good coach than Mike McCarthy personally.
1: Okay. Ed are we? I know you have a lot of uh of best ball drafts going on right now. Are we keeping you from those? No, I'm done. Okay.: I'm
2: done, yeah
0: I mean we can, we can wrap we can wrap up the NFL and let Ed go. I don't know if there's anything else in
1: week one, Rufus, that you want to talk about. I mean, those are those two, um, and then I, I like the Jets against the Bills, which I'm guessing Ed would probably also like, given where where he sees those teams. So that's kind of that's kind of what I got, and and possibly Houston against Kansas City. If that gets to ten, definitely like Houston, but I mean it's the usual, most like underdogs early.
2: What did you think about uh, Tampa New Orleans?
1: Ah. Now we get to the good stuff. Uh, New Orleans minus five. Interesting. I'm using like half home field advantage. I haven't put a lot of thought into that. I literally am just like, let's multiply this by five, right? by 0.5 right now. And and then I'm just giving it a little bit of a wide berth also. So. The line at, at Chris is minus three and a
0: half, minus 105.
2: Didn't that open at like seven?
0: Did it? I think so. Well, what are you talking about? Did it, did they open these things before Brady was there? Or was, no, was no,
2: no. This is with Brady.
1: Got it. Yeah, but I mean, losing Jameis Winston's a big downgrade for that team. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I I
0: there's a few people that are offended by this podcast. One is Bill Belichick for you guys saying that Tom Brady solely propped up the New England Patriots over the last few years. You didn't say solely. I'm i putting that those words in your mouth and then uh and then adam gaze is is obviously very upset
2: well you got to give some credit to all the times that they cheated
0: yeah that that was well
2: yeah i mean that was for
0: sure part of it i mean if you're not cheating you're not trying and they definitely i mean i i again like i know you were kidding about that to some degree but but certainly that has helped and I think you look historically at sports, a lot of successful franchises have bent the rules in many different ways and have gotten caught. And, you know, the, 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 the Astros thing obviously is, is the most glaring recent example in sports. So do you think that that was a big, a big factor in their success?
2: I think all those little tiny advantages add up. So Do I mean, that's the
0: of, nature of advantage play, right? And you're an advantage yeah. player. That's, that's the nature of advantage play.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, do I – so, you know, it's hard to point to one little thing and say, oh, that was the difference. But, uh, you know, just the, all those little tiny things add up, like, you know, having the left, left-footed punter so the ball spins a different way. Or, you know, New England has, like, the lowest fumble rate. I don't know what it is that they do, but they have the lowest fumble rate every year year in in and year out um they deflate the balls
1: isn't that what they do i guess so i don't know didn't didn't warren sharp write some like statistical treatise on that a few years back i think most people that have read that treatise thought it was kind of bullshit. right i mean i think you know people smarter than me thought that
2: (laughs) i mean Uh, everything about that organization like even when they got caught cheating this year you know, they somehow timed back Cam Newton signing to the same day that it was getting released, that they were being penalized with the... Uh, uh, the Bengals thing. For the Bengals thing, yeah. So, like, believe me, I don't think it was any kind of coincidence that they released, uh, you know, that they were signing Cam Newton on the same day that they were being punished by the NFL. Um, I, I had a, a friend of mine who, uh, back in, like, May, was like... Bet on Cam Newton signing with the Patriots because it's going to happen. And, uh, of course, I, I didn't have a way to do that, so I didn't bet on it. But um, So, two months. It took like another six weeks for it to happen, but it happened.
1: So. I mean, like he was a natural landing. I mean, New England was a natural landing place for him. And I think, a lot of people, I think people thought it would have happened earlier, right? I mean, I think that was sort of the presumed spot. And then the Patriots just did nothing and just kept doing nothing so
0: let's i kind of like this question though because it sounds like you have disdain for the patriots because of this advantage play is that disdain or is that just like you know recognition of the fact that they're they've done this
2: it's jealousy yeah i mean would you want
0: the dolphins to do that
2: um i don't want them to outright cheat i mean nobody wants to root for a cheater
0: but what does outright cheating mean? And this is like, this goes back to like, a, a, I don't know if you ever listened to our podcast. There's seven people that do. So if you're seven, one of the seven, you, you do. But we did have a, an episode on advantage <laughs> play talking about sort of the ethics of advantage play. Mm-hmm. And so like of all the things the Patriots have done, which would you consider, are, are any of them outright cheating to you? To me,
2: I mean, spying is cheating pretty, pretty, Pretty blatantly, if you ask me.
0: So filming the other team's practices in the way that they did, or having people on sort of the sidelines or whatever, that, that is the biggest that to you is crossing the line.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The what if I football, told you that
0: now I, I sound like a ESPN thirty for thirty episode? What if I told you that? No. <laughs> but what if what if the, the there were other teams that did similar types of things in different ways? Like
1: It just didn't get caught.
2: It's amazing, though, that, the, I mean, the Patriots, they always get caught. You know, how, how is it that all these other teams are doing it and they never get caught?
1: It's because right. it's a conspiracy and Roger Goodell is out to punish the Patriots.
0: I mean, I think there's probably a world where they've, they've gone, they've, you know, I, I, do they cheat more than any other organization? Probably. Let me
2: ask you this. When was the last time a team other than the Patriots got caught cheating?
0: The Astros. Damn. No, I'm talking about the NFL. Um, I have, I don't know. And <laughs> but but, I, I, would, but I, would, I, would, I would ask you, when's the last time another team won as many Super Bowls as the Patriots did in a shorter period of time in this era that's incredibly, you know, difficult to win Super Bowls? So I'm, 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 I'm not, honestly, like, it, I'm, it, not, I'm it's, not.
1: It's more difficult to win Super Bowls this year than other years. No, it's. I know it's you're trying to difficult. say there's parity. I know
0: it's more difficult to have long success, right? Like, if you have been listening to this podcast, Rufus, you would have heard Ed talk about windows, right? And he's saying now the Patriots' windows have closed, but that window was open for about 20 years.
1: Man, that that was there was there was a there was a big draft coming through the house for a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that window was open. I'm I'm I am just interested because like I I don't really know the answer honestly for for myself and for my team um I I guess there's like cognitive dissonance about the spygate stuff like I think if they were the only team doing this kind of thing absolutely it's it's totally unethical and, and and evidence would say that that was the case because um you know no one else got caught to your point um the the deflating thing like I, you know, it's just like all these things are like, like you said, they're just like, they all add up. And there is evidence like, that says like, Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe this, this, I don't know. It's, it's interesting though, but I, I just think about it because ultimately you want your team like, you know, Belichick has been completely dispassionate his whole life about the players and releasing them, you know, really too early versus too late. And that's something that as a fan, you kinda of love, but you it also is a kind of a bummer. You know, when he when he let let Seymour go, when he let you know, you, the long litany of players he let go early. And you know, obviously it was great for the team, but it it, it does suck for your fandom. And even this Brady thing, I didn't like it. You know, and I know like all you know, you can you can say what you want, whether the Patriots wanted him back or not, blah, blah, blah. But it, it, it sucked as a fan. But also like at the end of the day, like I personally was ended up being okay with it and like I I guess we'll see the season like whether it's in Belichick we trust or in Brady we trust and and it it'll be an interesting narrative to follow all season so
1: I mean you you go from saying you, you know good riddance to Tom Brady thank God we have Cam Newton to you know it turns out I you know tears were shed over Brady leaving no, it's, it's so you not. You put on a good face not, for a little while. So,
0: I, I mean, mean, nobody wants to hear me wax on Tom Brady for another 45 minutes, but the the point is that I it, it was very challenging to watch Brady for the latter part of his career. I mean, he obviously had some amazing games like the Super Bowl. The, the Atlanta Super Bowl made everyone forget about, you know, how the challenges he had towards the end of his career, but... You know the the um, the Ram Super Bowl was was not good, obviously, and, and that was a, a a defensive a defensive battle where Brady made a couple of plays at the end that that really got them through it.
1: So, oh my God, my life is so hard. I'm a Patriots fan. Like <laughs> I had to deal with Tom Brady aging a little bit. You know, we I, I, they it, they, the, they Bra- didn't the automatically Brady, the, advance the, us to the championship without. You know, the, we had they actually made us play games. Like look, I'm a the, fan the, the of the Brady, Washington the, football team. Like, like we reverse cheat. Okay. Like literally, we're the red the team formerly known as uh racial slur, um, like is doing things to actively decrease their chances of winning games. I, I just thought of something
2: that we have to talk about. All right, you want to talk about a bet. So It was comeback player of the year, Alex Smith. I got 16 to one. What are your thoughts on that? I
1: think think my internet was funky for a second, but I think it's,
0: I think it's an interesting bet because there is a great, great scenario where he ends up starting some games there. and, And if he does, um, I think that there's, you know, a, a really good chance he could be NFL. I mean, it's just a great story, right?
2: I don't think he's going to start any games at all. I don't think – I think that they might let him come out and hand the ball off one time. But can, can he win the award in, without playing?
1: You think they would, it would be just because he recovered from that and just the tenacity and the perseverance? The guy almost
2: died because of a football injury. And then when he didn't almost die, he almost had his leg amputated. And he had like, what, 16, 17 surgeries. It's a total, you know, narrative award. Um, So if anybody's, I don't care what Cam Newton does this year. I don't care what Ben Roethlisberger does. uh, You know, you want to come, you want to talk about coming back from something. I think that this is the all-time comeback. And not only that, when you think about Alex Smith's career, um, he is like the ultimate comeback guy. I mean, you look at—he was the number one overall pick in like two thousand five, and he was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. But he ended up being a decent quarterback. And then as soon as he was good, and if it wasn't did, for they...
1: Kyle Thompson, is that who was Ed? Uh, gosh, did, you remember this? Kyle he dropped the two, muffed the two punts. <clears throat> yeah,
2: yeah. Sorry, he had a concussion.
1: Yeah, playing with the concussion. But yes, sorry.
2: So, but anyways, going back to Alex Smith you know, as soon as he was a good player, they ditched him for Colin Kaepernick and they shipped him off to Kansas City. And he did nothing but turn that organization around completely, took him to the playoffs like three or four years in a row. And then, you know, as soon as he couldn't get it done there, they're like, oh, we'll just ship you off to Washington. He goes to Washington and nearly loses his life and his leg. And uh, he still wants to play football. It's, it's an amazing comeback.
1: It is. Well, he, I guess the question is, it, what's the historical I mean, precedent? It wasn't because
0: he couldn't do it anymore,
1: right? That, that was like the... They were ready to put Mahomes in there. So it was it was a ceiling thing, I think. They thought Kaepernick had a higher ceiling. He probably did. They they thought Harbaugh loved loved
0: Kaepernick. That was like well known, was that Harbaugh thought that Kaepernick was was the future for them. Um I I like it. I mean I I mean it makes sense. Um should we start some sort of a campaign? T-shirts or something.
1: We need our better process t-shirts first.
2: My my question is like, I, I personally feel like he should be the favorite in that market. And not only should he be the, like, the favorite over the field, but like pretty significant favorite. But,
1: but you think even if he doesn't start a game, he should still be the favorite? Yeah. So I guess my question is, what's the historical precedent for somebody getting comeback player like, just based solely on a narrative and not on actual play? I mean, obviously there's normally a narrative, but it also involves playing well.
2: I don't think there's been one and I don't think that this situation has even come close to coming up. Like this, the situation has never happened before. Right. Yeah, Somebody coming I mean, back from
1: an injury. I think it's just an especially well, gruesome injury where a guy like, as you said, almost lost his leg and was, his life was in danger at one point because he had, you know, Washington football team doctors doing things that, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, maybe that's – I mean, I'm sure that has something to do with it, though.
0: I I think it's an interesting question, and I, I get your point. And uh, I think ultimately it's just going to – like, these are tough things, right? Because ultimately it's a voting thing, and you don't know how people are going to vote. And so I think we'll just try to start this campaign and, and see how it works. Alex Smith for Comeback Player of the Year, because what better comeback there is there than almost dying and coming back and, and making an NFL team, right? Yeah. so I'm there with you I'm there with you uh I think we're good unless we want to talk more about the Patriots cheating or how mm-hmm. much I care about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots um it was great have you join us uh Riffus, do you want to do any college or do you want to just call it a day yeah no we're not doing college okay
1: all right, thanks for joining us guys. Um and uh, we'll talk to you guys all to